Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to our Richmond audience. Joining us for the next three hours on AM 910. FM 1051. One hour from now, we're giving away tickets, a pair, to go see Nate Bargatze at Capital One Arena. That's at 4 o'clock ahead of the Beltway Blitz. But as we welcome you back on Grant and Danny, told you we wanted to let you hear this conversation with Will Compton. We got so busy with live guests last week that we were never able to play it on the show. But I caught up with him out in Vegas at the Super Bowl. He started as an undrafted free agent in D.C., ended up becoming a fan favorite, a starting linebacker, and is now a media superstar, nationally renowned for his work on Barstool Sports, but began the conversation reminiscing about after he was undrafted, sitting in the middle of the locker room at lockers that were set up for a week or two at a time because he probably wasn't going to make the team. You were at a metal locker as an undrafted free agent yeah. in the middle of the Washington locker room. And I was like, oh, this dude from Nebraska had a good practice. He may not make the team, but let me say what's up to this guy. Yeah. Things have uh, gone very well for you. What's up, man? Not much. I love – yeah, I forgot about that. The pre- the peace squad – well, before even making practice squad, we had our little Section 8 housing, we like to call it, where you had the metal lockers for all the guys who weren't the guys, and you kind of had to earn your way onto the team. That's who- such a tell, by the way. Like, baseball, to me, you get one of those numbers. You're like 93 in spring training. And it's purposefully disrespectful in a way. Right. Because they don't want you to feel comfortable. In that case, I understand in the NFL, there's only so many lockers to go around. But when you're a metal locker guy, like, there's got to be some type. You're just walking around the facility, and you're a metal locker guy. You're a metal locker guy, and not only that, I was number 46. Who else wore number 46? Pro Bowler Alfred Morris. That'll do it, yeah. So already the thought process was, I have absolutely no shot at making this team. But, hey, man, God willing, a lot of good stuff, right place, right time, opportunities. I uh, was able to be on the practice squad for that first year and then it carved out a really good four years that I fondly look back on. Wish they would have been better uh, with the squad, the team as a whole, but, man, I miss those days. Yeah, first year you end up getting into a game. The next year you start a handful of games. And then those final two years you're basically a full-time starter. So it was like a staircase. Yeah. you, you got to make the squad. Then you make it on special teams onto the field. Now you're playing a little defense. Next, By the time you're leaving, you're a starting linebacker. That undrafted free agent to starting status, a lot of guys have carved it out, but it's very, very difficult to do. What's the hardest part of that journey, you think? I think patience. I think, you know, there's a lot of, like, those mental trying times. Like, at the end of the day, yeah, we're playing a kid's game. We're playing our favorite sport. But when you're playing uh, in a profession where everything you do and every movement you make is not only graded and judged, but there's also a box you're subconsciously placed in no matter what. So for my instance, it's like, you know, the upside, the ceiling's not very high. He gets as much as he can out of a ceiling, overachiever, all these things, no matter what which I was fine with. That's how I made my career. That's how I made my hay. That's how I've been able to transition with busting with the boys. But during like those times, it was just, it was a lot of patience, man. Like 
I had to I had to game plan our offense and OTAs, and I would game plan in training camp. Bo Pelini did such a great job in that defensive staff in Nebraska, having us prepared every game for tendency-oriented stuff on offense, so that way you can be in a not be like in an OC's mind, but be in a D coordinator's mind. Okay, they're an eleven personnel. If they're holding up this personnel, we're only going to get these calls. You're only going to get these formations. Once they break the huddle and give you one of those few formations, they're only going to have a couple tendencies in the run game and a pass game based on uh, down and distance. Right? It's all of these little situations games so like living into that like situational master's degree was what I always tried to do so whenever something would happen if Keenan or Perry would get injured and then I get my opportunity uh I would be prepared to take advantage of those that's how I got more reps in practice I would get three to six reps a day at practice because you I'd be with the threes and you rotate every other period so you know, I, I would get those few reps. I would take advantage. I had to do rookie minicamp twice. When I did it the second time around, We, the only linebacker we drafted in that class was Trent Murphy. He's a pass rusher. So inside-wise, there was nobody drafted to focus on. So Kirk Olivadotti comes in, and I'm getting more hands-on work with KO and Hazlitt to where they pulled me to the side like, hey, you know you can make this team, right? I was like, I yeah, I do. Yeah, I feel like if, you know, if more opportunities, i like, where are you at on special teams? I'm like, I'm last on special teams depth chart. Next day I come in, I'm first on every special teams depth chart because the defensive coaches are saying like, hey, he's going to so back up. They have a meeting and they're like, we think this guy can make it. Start working with him on start, teams. Yeah, start working okay. with him on teams. Because I wasn't the best teams player. I didn't play it in college. Adam Hayward, he comes in. Logan Paulson was somebody who really helped me in my growth. Reed Dowdy. But Adam Hayward comes in and really helps me develop so as a special teamer. I always think of teams. Will Compton is with us, busting with the boys. I think of teams as like if you played college linebacker, you're good on teams because you just run down and hit someone. Right. It's more than that. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, there's a little bit more than that. I would say I'm so much of a neck-up guy that sometimes the whole paralysis by analysis would get me every now and then. So that was kind of like the where I had to bridge that gap on teams and just kind of understand what happens like while a special teams play is taking place. And Adam Hayward did such a great job coaching me up to where that's how I kind of made the team. As long as I was established on teams, Has, Has was like, hey, you're going to back up both spots so you got to be prepared for both if one of them goes down it's not you're the mike or you're the mo you're going in or the jack at the time you're going in at either one so i was the first guy off the bench anytime perry or keenan got hurt i'd go in take advantage of those opportunities and then the next year really set me up to kind of fight for that starting job for those next couple years what do you make and this is not everywhere in the nfl but there are a lot of teams like this and washington the last couple years was heavy on this the devaluing of the linebacker position where you're running a lot more nickel. A lot of teams are running right. two linebackers. Washington drafted Jamin Davis in the first round, kicked him outside, and then it was just kind of cheap, couple of million dollar a year players they'd bring in, and that guy, whether it was uh, Cody Barton or somebody else, would just play a ton. But they really didn't Boston. value the linebacker position, right? They might sign a guy two weeks before camp, bring him in, and they'd get a lot of run. The teams that are here right now, you look at Warner, who's unbelievable, gay for Kansas City. It does seem like Baltimore. There are a lot of teams that still put a priority on it, though. Yeah, I think, you know, there's 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 going to be the players in every market at every position group that's going to make the majority of the money, right? But I think, like, what teams fail to miss at times is understanding how pivotal that inside spot is if there's a culture and a communication that goes on around that guy because you're in the middle of the defense yeah you want a great safety who can do all that stuff too but again they're on the back end they're worried about the secondary you got guys who communicate with the d-line who understand all the stunts all the gaps how to play off each other how to talk in meetings with each other so i feel like that value gets lost a little bit because again the market's going to kind of dictate what your value is however i feel like 
I feel like people that understand like how important it is for somebody that rocks the green dot, that communicates where everybody jives around, where level play gets elevated, whether or not he's the best talented guy, I feel like that gets missed at times when it comes to the linebacker position. Will Compton's with us, with busting with the boys. I want to talk about the media transition you made, and you've been crushing it uh, on not only social, but everywhere you guys broadcast. It, it's a lot of fun to watch and, and see how you're doing. Um, specific to Washington's changes, yeah, I know you still track them from afar. You never cross paths with Dan Quinn. Uh, do you know him at all? Why does everyone in football love that guy? So, I, I've never crossed paths with him in particular, but when he was with the Atlanta Falcons and Shanahan was the OC, LaFleur was on that staff, Nick Williams, who was in my class as a rookie, scrappy, all the intangible slot receiver for Washington high for motor. a minute, high motor guy, <laughs> yeah. first in but he was with Atlanta. LaFleur and Shanahan get him to Atlanta. So he's in Atlanta. So anytime I talked with Nick, you know, he was part of that uh, that squad, that, that 23, 28-3 loss, whatever, but he, they just – he talks so highly about Coach uh, DQ, about the culture. It's really Pete Carroll-esque. And um, he talked really highly about it, like how better it is for your mental, better it is for every, like all the stuff that goes on. Like guys just jive with, you don't walk in like there's a cloud over you when you come in. Like you got all the fun stuff that happens. It's like AP, Antonio Pierce, he just got hired with the uh, Raiders. Basketball going locker room. Like some of the fun stuff that guys just, you get their best when they walk in the room. I know that he brings that to the culture. And I think he's also a good hire because he knows how to beat the Eagles, and he was behind enemy lines True. with the star. So now he's coming to Washington to lead and that up. And he's bringing his top defensive lieutenant from Dallas. Yes. So they lost him and the guy they were going to replace him with. Right, right. And, you know, Dallas has always had a good running. I know he was a new OC after Kellen left, Kellen Moore left. But, yeah, man, I, I think he's a good fit. I think he's a good hire, especially with this new ownership. It's kind of like the first go at the entire new regime at their first shot at their head coach. But I'm obviously – I've come back into the fold of really, like, wanting to root for the boys. So Cliff Kingsbury, again, another guy I don't think you ever crossed paths with on a staff, but you played against his offenses, I'm sure, at different points. Mm-hmm. The numbers are not great, but everyone seems to conceptually like the idea of Cliff Kingsbury and what he does. What do you remember about playing some of his offenses? Uh, was he an OC in the NFL? No, so he was head coach Arizona for the four years, and he called – you know, their plays with Kyler. Okay, basically. okay. So I, I, I think there is like a, a separation in a, a head coach and an OC, whether or not you're the play caller. Arthur Smith is another great example. People are kind of like, oh, he was bad. Why would the Steelers hire him? But I mean, he took a, a tenth, you know, he was number 10. He was top 10 two years in a row with the Titans. Like when they started off two and four and made that run with Mariota at first, and then he had to make a tough decision to go with Tannehill. They end up 10th tenth, uh, in the league in offense, another high number with points. The next year, they're like the number four. They're like number two at points, number four in total yards. So just the growth there with Tannehill as he was the mainstay. If you look at Atlanta, you look at the quarterback situation he had, I'm using him as an example of knowing like him as an O.C., He's a great OC. Cliff, he, I guess he doesn't have the experience yet as an OC in the NFL, but I know he had that that whole stick uh, uh, in college football, like understanding quarterbacks. I think it depends on the quarterback who he has because you want to play to their strengths. And if you follow the Arizona Cardinals over the last, you know, the years that he was there, you know, I was tight with Colt. Colt was there. And uh, there's just a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that it just makes it hard if it just can't be yours. If there's 
power struggles, if it's a player's in with the ownership versus a player being in with the head coach, like there's a lot of factors. I think Cliff, the way the league is trending on a surface level of getting younger and hotter, he fits the bill. But also from a play caller standpoint, I think he is that offensive mind. He's worked with a lot of varieties of quarterbacks in Mahomes, Kyler Murray, uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, uh, Johnny Manziel. So I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be a good fit. Speaking of weird things that can happen, you know, between staffs and ownership and coaching. Will Compton is with us. You were jumping in on the, the Robert Griffin, Jay Gruden beef yeah. a couple weeks ago. I mean, you, you were front and center for a lot of that. They ended up, I guess, kind of, I don't want to say patching it up, but just deciding to go in their separate ways. But that got real for a little while. Yeah, I was uh, I was trying to get Jay on the next week. I was like, hey, bro, let me, uh, we'll fly to Nashville. He was about it, but I, he had some golf tournament. I was like, oh. But, um, yeah, I saw that happen. Now, because I saw B. Mitch jumped in on it as well. But if you see the initial tweet of Jay Gruden, if you know Jay Gruden, he's a funny, charismatic guy. Like, yeah, he had his failures in Washington. He's had his ups and downs. Um, but if you're, like, following his timeline and personality on social media, all he was saying, he was having light of the situation, how poorly the Eagles were protecting Jalen Hurts. If there's a quarterback out there, I apologize. Just being his funny self. It's doing, it's, Zero it's direction. Bit, yeah. yeah, it's a bit. It's like, you know, it, yeah. And you see RG take the opportunity to kind of dunk on him. RG Theory's got such a massive following. It kind of plays into the, the you got the ratio culture. You got this. You got that. You see Jay chime in. You weren't prepared, Robert. And then Robert comes in saying, you know, saying like you said, you did, you know, you didn't know how to work with the skill of a quarterback who can run and pass. And I'm thinking in my brain, yeah, could you tell you anything whenever they're demoting you? Like whenever they're talking about, hey, Zach Brown and Mason's going to play like, hey, you had a hell of a camp, one of the best camps we've ever seen. We're just going to go this route. You're better than these guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They just make more money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We just want to make the dumb decision <laughs> of playing these guys over you. But like, you just have that whole back and forth, right? And then Jay does the go chase it, go race a pitching. And Jay, I would assume he wants to get back into coaching. So he's kind of, hey, I hope you're well, kind of falls back, kind of falls out of it. I wanted to kind immerse myself because i was in the uh the, like rg goes on his podcast yeah, I never to talk heard about, about it anymore. that meeting he talks about the team meeting i was there in the team meeting i kind of understand the perspectives of uh, kind of the both sides of where they could like where robert can get to in his mind why he thinks it went down that way and then the whole jay thing pushing back like man this could this is this is some missed history that people don't know about it's kind of they're kind of making it relevant again so let me chime in do the walk in the pantry and have some fun with it well, as you can imagine in dc like that kind of stuff is it's just fast food out the window yeah i mean people because they you know fans are on the outside but they want to know what went on how did it happen and years later it's still relevant uh will compton is with us how did mike rabel get shut out in this coaching cycle do you think i, I don't is know he as good a coach as we think he is yeah absolutely i think he's got all this stuff there's obviously the uh, the viral article going around about him being too too alpha to be in the building like do you the, buy that there was decisions. a report yesterday it might have been Rossini said like Someone at the Senior Bowl told her when owner sits down, he's like too big and intimidating. I've never heard of anything like that. He's got that. Per- he's got that presence. But yeah, I've never heard of nothing like that. I mean, at the end of the day, you're you're trying to talk business. If you want to take a head coaching job, maybe there's some cro- control elements that you want that might not work out on the other side. It's just all based on what the teams want, what the ownership, what their interests are. Uh, you know, all the negotiation goes down. But I think Vrabe, you know, the best job in America is being a fired head coach. You get this massive buyout. Uh, and I'm not saying that Vrabe's just sitting on that, but you have time to go hit a vacation not think too hard about it let the world blow up externally knowing that a the fact that they fired coach Vrabel with all the success that he had and knowing that how he 
builds that culture, I think everybody knows, like, okay, let's see the direction they want to go. But that is – it's a miss, right? Um, so Vrabe, to me, I think he's got options out there, but he gets to kind of sit back, pick his best situation. You know, again, he's got – He's got money. He's been a player 14 years in the league, fast track to a head coach, so I, he's going to be just fine. All right, so I got two left, one football, and then I want to talk busting with the boys with you real quick. Uh, the, the last football question, tell me where I'm wrong. I am such a higher offense only guy. Like this leader of men, Vrabel will you know give you the great speech. Like th- there aren't really examples of like the leader of men defensive coach over several years in this era having much success. Mm-hmm. Right now it's Kyle, it's Matt, it's – Call plays, be an offensive savant. Like, as a player, do you like the, the leader of men, speech-giving, culture-building, like Dan Quinn thing? Or if you just know Mike McDaniel's nerdy, but he's in front of the room and he's going to draw plays to score points, do you care if he doesn't give a great speech and he's quirky? Like, give me a player mindset on that. I think both can be true, right? Like, it's not – head coaches get all the praise and everything else, but there's a reason – that Coach Glenn and Coach uh, Johnson are both interviewing for same head coaching jobs from the Lions. Like, you know, people talk about, oh, Dan Dan Campbell, he's not really in tune with the exit of he's more leadership. But it's like, it's all truly what the team needs. Like, if you're somebody who, let's go the nerdy route of Coach uh, McDaniel down in Miami, if you have the right coordinators and the right guys surrounding you, then that then that's how you're building out your team Meaning and building for him, out your that culture. That might be the alphas that are yelling it, right? Yeah, like okay. you know, we I, I you know I had the opportunity to play for Coach Rich Pisaccia. Like he was the interim head coach, but even before that, like Jay, like he's an offensive minded guy, right? But you knew when Coach Pisaccia is talking, when it comes to leadership and the voice, you got a guy like that, then you're taking care of that box because that is important. But it is the trend which I do agree with is. You want the stability because at the end of the day, the most important position is your quarterback spot, and you would almost rather have that offensive mind with him. And if not, pair an OC with him that has stability to where, hey, they might not leave for a head coaching job in a few years. Um, I think you've seen that example. I mean, uh, the Titans just picked up uh, Coach Callahan. Right, he was with Joe B for five years. I was like, "Oh, how do we feel about the Callahan hire?" It's like it seems like a good hire. Like he was with Joe B and established in that offense. And if you want to build around Will Levis, pair an offensive mind with him that's had success, and he has. Bring your dad, build up the O line, do all the things culture wise, but pair that stability because you know now he's a head coach, so he's going to be here a while because in his personal journey, he's now at the top, getting a head coaching job. You can see why Will was one of my favorite players to talk to when he was in Washington with the then Redskins, now the Commanders, and we'll see what they are the next time we're talking. They could be changing the name again. All right, I do want to ask you about busting with the boys because I check you guys out, follow you. You get incredible guests, super plugged in with all things NFL, uh, you and Taylor and your crew. So I guess let's finish it here. I mean, it's a rocket ship for you from a media standpoint. Like, Did you – how did this come about, and at what point did you realize – you guys weren't just a couple dudes doing a podcast. There's a lot of those out there, players and otherwise. This was going somewhere. Yeah, man. I you know. I know when we first started with the idea, you know, I had been journaling down interests and everything else. And, you know, when you're in the league, I think I was going into year seven, six, seven, one of those. But when you're in the league, I always joke, like, your jokes are funny, you're better looking, and you can shake more hands. So you need to take advantage of whatever your interests are while you're playing because once you get on the other side, it's a different vibe. 
whether or not true skill, whatever, it's just a different vibe. It just is what it is. And so I had ambitions of like doing a, a player podcast, like all this stuff that you get to talk in the locker room, saunas, the fun, the banter, Ryan Kerrigan, all this and that. Like, man, how do you get that behind the mic? And Taylor, we hit it off really well with my year in Tennessee. And we took a shot at this podcast, and it's like one of those phrases, jump when you can afford to drown. I felt like I had a good enough resume, although I didn't get to start, and I was a backup and special teams guy on that one year in Tennessee. But I felt like I had a resume to where it's like, dude, at the end of the day, any coach who's going to bring me in, I'm sure a coach is at that team and already knows me and knows what they're getting because there's only so much more I can chase. Like, my ceiling isn't going anywhere. I'm already labeled. It is what it fucking is. Oh, sorry. Sorry for uh, the curse. We got We're taping. It is what it is. We got a beep. Yeah, yeah. It is what it is. And so understanding that, it was like, let me jump at this, knowing that if I play myself out of the league, I know I'm trying to do something I'm interested in. And we hit it off, and we had a couple viral moments with Jalen Ramsey talking noise about how he would DM receivers in college. And then Mike Vrabel talks about how he'd cut his piece off for a Super Bowl. Barso wants to communicate with us. And then we realized, like, oh, man, we kind of have something. I was consulting with McAfee. who's kind of mentoring me, saying, hey, if you're going to do it, because Taylor and I wasn't going to do it in season. He's like, hey, if you're going to do it, do it every week. Like, you got to treat the Internet. you got to treat yeah. the show like everyone is a singular friend. you got to show up for them all the time. And so that's when we started backlogging episodes, trying to show up once a week. And we hit our deal with Barstool. We've been with them ever since. And, man, slowly but surely, we've just found new lanes and new avenues as I've kind of juggled football and podcasting now, full-time in podcasting. Tori, just figure it out along the way, throw stuff at the wall, see what works, what doesn't. We have the access and the network to sit with players and kind of get some personality and some stories that they might not share in the locker room in real time after a bad, bad practice or they don't want coach to see what they're saying if their mind's not on the game or whatnot. So, you know, Taylor, we've done a good job of, of getting in those lanes, and we've, we've had a lot of success. No, congrats, man. It's been amazing. It's cool to watch. Thank you, and, man. And uh, proud of you, man, and making uh, making all the D.C. fans that watch you. We thought the glow-up was a metal locker to plan on the field, but now media star on Radio Row. Will, I appreciate you. Grant, thank you, man. It was a pleasure. Good Thanks for having me out. on. Will Compton on Grant and Danny. One of the coaches on the staff when he was here, Kyle Shanahan just coached in and lost in the Super Bowl. Did he inform his players about the overtime rules before OT? He answered that question yesterday. Want to get into that next on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.